Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I have got tons of news. But first, I want to talk about waking up to the email that A Magical Christmas Wedding has now been completely finished, done with. Hooray! My narrator, Anne, she's so awesome. Um, She's finished the book ahead of schedule because ACX put out notice that if you don't get your books in for review, there's going to be like a stream of books that are going to be um, around this time that will log up the system and the books might not come out for the holiday. Well, because it's a magical Christmas wedding, it's really great that this book has an opportunity to hit the audiobook world that maybe somebody might want to read it. I mean, we can celebrate Christmas all year long. We can celebrate time travel romance because she actually does travel back to 1955 in the summer. So she's in the winter month, and when she travels back in time, she's right before uh, her grandmother, June, is about to start her student teaching. So, of course, they're educators in this book. So that comes from my love of educating youth and it's going to be ready soon. It takes about 10 to 15 days for ACX to do their little magic on their end. So I'm really happy um, that it's in that process. As soon as I got that, I was up at 5 a.m. this morning um, checking all of my work. And then at 5.30, I get this email and it's completed. And I'm like, oh yeah, Anne's done it. We got it. Um, And so that was a great start for my day. I have to admit, and I've been praying about the Hartwell Chronicles because the narrator that um, committed to the project back a long time ago in August, it was supposed to be done on September the 13th. Well, it has not been completed, so we actually canceled that contract today. Um, ACX is going to have to go in and release that project. So now that one is going to be up. Um, I'm actually going to reach out to Anne again. And so, here's, if you're wondering, how am I choosing narrators? So, the narrators have a particular style. They have a particular way of carrying out not just the tone and the feel of my books, but when I hear their voices, they're like the heartbeat of the piece. They're like, they bring it all to life for me. And there's certain narrators for certain books. 
So for, for the clay in the potter's hands, Southern poetry, Justina was great for that. And with her background um, in education and the age levels that she works with, I knew that she would be perfect for the Rapture Revolution. And so she has been commissioned to do that piece. So now we've got me moving over to Anne. Now, Anne is my boyfriend's back. She's my narrator for that. I loved working with Anne. And she has this very strong Southern, really strong Southern feel about her that really resonates with me. So if my characters are strong Southern hometown feels, there's just something about Anne's voice that matches with that vein of character. So for My Boyfriend's Back, for the Bridges Trilogy, which is my YA, and for my adult, The Magical Christmas Wedding, I knew she would be great for that. Now, Abigail Vetter, she's my first narrator. I love this child. She's not a child, she's a young woman. Um, I just love her so much, and I pray for her um, on a daily basis for the Lord to continue to work in her life. I'm just so proud of her. She is lyric. Without a doubt, she is the voice for the lyric series, for the lyric spinoff series for next year with Toby Parker. So she's like, she loves fantasy, and that is what she placed on her narrator um, biography is that she loved that genre. So if I'm writing fantasy, I know I need to tap in to Abigail. And I also want to look with Abigail of not just working with the lyric series, but I've asked her to pray about it and to be open about future middle grades pieces with me too. So I, I just see her with that engaging piece for like you know the six through six through eighth, but really it could go up to YA as well. There's something strong and about the quality of her voice. It's very magical, um, and so I love all of my narrators. I love all three of them, and I feel very blessed that the Lord has given me these Christian women who I can and say, you know, you know, I've been praying for you guys, and I'm, I I love working with you, and it's such a positive relationship with these three narrators that I just feel so blessed. So I'm very grateful because it could have been anybody like it could have just been anybody out that I it wouldn't have worked out this way and I just know the Lord is, is continuing to do this work um, for me and with me and it's going to continue to move and it's going to be in God's time too so as long as by the end of 2020 my audiobooks make it and so you heard me it doesn't have to be the end of 2019 by the end of 2020, I have a goal that each one of my books will be available on audio. That's also including my Bible devotionals. Now, the issue with that is that they're under my doctorate name. So, if you type in Jen Lowry, you're not going to pull up my nonfiction work. My Bible devotionals 
are under Jennifer Eichner Lowry, and it's got the doctor in front of it for my doctorate degree in Christian ministry for that credibility piece. Um, you know, I've studied this for a very long time. I feel like that's where you put that. You don't put Dr. Jen on the the YA or middle grades work. It just would look kind of weird. It's just not appropriate for that target audience. But however, if you're wanting to come to me and for me to to guide you and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you with challenges and journaling, that is where the Lord has gifted me in the nonfiction pieces. So, you know, I do want to do those books, but they need some updates. I know that they do. I want to do complete overhauls on those as the visual appeal on those books to to up the game in 2020 with the publishing piece. So, not that the content will change, but the publishing aspect of the, the actual books themselves. And so, I want to work on that. So, that is a goal for 2020. And my audiobooks, to have them all done. So, so right now, I'm just trying to get out of the contract of the Hartwell Chronicles, and then it'll be up again, and um, and we'll move forward. But I just, I'm just so blessed to be able to have these options. And my boyfriend's back this week. It's still a bestseller. It's not number three anymore. However, though, it's still in the top 20, and it's there. It's been very consistent in the bestseller range this week. And it can change. Uh, we know that. Um, it's been like this since, what, last Friday? Maybe. Um, so it's been a few days at least. I mean, it updates every hour. But at least I've had multiple days in the bestseller range with that book and clean and wholesome fiction for teens, which I love. I love that it's not like some obscure category. Like I just picked some obscure thing. Like if you go to Dear God, Please Take Care of Rambo, I want you to understand that that whole 45-minute parenting thing, I don't know where that came from. I did not choose that as a category. That thing is odd on there. Like I just want to let you guys know that I did, I would never have like clicked that as a category. I don't actually know how that populated in there. Um, and I've just not even thought about it being on like a priority list to go like go and change that. So, so that was a, a really positive day for me. And even though the contract is getting canceled, this is a business. You know, I, I can't look at it with any bad feelings. You know, I'm continuing to pray for this narrator. And, you know, I can work, who knows, in the future, work with this person again and just be understanding and um, show love and, and compassion and patience. So, you know, today... You know, here I am in the evening making this podcast, and it's because I have been all day long in the writing workshops at NCAT, which is the North Carolina Center for Advancement of Teaching, and I received my award today. I was super happy to get that $250, had been praying over what was I going to use that the money for, and I'm getting the crossover and the contender, so I'm getting two book sets. I'm really excited about it. I feel like it. Um, I've already talked with my librarian today because I always consult her with all things books. She agreed with me about the crossover. So I'm thinking of the contender just because I love that book so much. But if I'm already getting a sport type book with the, the crossover, I know that's my number one goal is to get the crossover. I'll see. I'll see what I end up getting. I don't need as many copies of The Contender, though, because um, not all students took my copies. 
because the book is so good, they wanted to keep it for themselves. So I do have like a few left. So we'll see. We'll see how much that $250 is going to go because the crossover is going to be pretty pricey. Um, and so I'm just going to continue to pray over how the Lord would like to use that. But I've met some really nice people. Um, you guys know that I'm introverted. Um, I didn't talk anything about my books yesterday or anything about my life. And then today, of course, I bring it up. There's a lady who wants to write historical fiction at my table. Love it. Love how God does that. Um, and so I, I gave her my card. I do carry around my business cards. That's something that all of us need. And I pulled out that business card, and it has my author email address on it. Like, you know, contact me when you're ready. When you're, you're ready to honor your blank page, just let me know. I'll do whatever I can to help you, uh, support you in whatever way you need. Just encouragement, tips, advice. You know me, guys. I'm, I'm all about that, and I feel like the Lord is using me in that way. This is my way of serving Him. So, uh, I, I did bring it up today, and it was meant for me to bring it up at that moment because maybe it was her heart was there ready to receive it because it was at the dinner table, and it was random. So, it was cool. I, I, I felt really positive about that. I kind of got carried away to get to finish eating my carrot cake. I got kicked out of the... <laughs> no, no, I had coffee, but not enough because they said, okay, you got to leave now. Uh, it's time to leave. And so, half my carrot cake and my coffee was gone. So, the sacrifices we make to talk about writing. <laughs> so, now that I'm back in my room, I just kind of wanted to wind down a little bit with you guys. Um, even though I'm tired, I have my book with me. I have a book beside me. Um, and I'm going to be reading Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. I have never read this book. I'm sad to say. This has never been on my radar. And I watched the movie with the boys when they were younger. So I know the premise of the book. And I remember, you know, the action scenes. And I can't tell you much. Um, I know, like, parts of it. You got to realize my kid is 17. <laughs> so... I know I've, you know, I can remember bits and pieces of it, but I'm holding this Newberry in my hand. It was published in 1975. Well, no, 1971. This one that I have in my hand is the 1975 one. Um, but this one was published in 1971. And I was born in 1975, so this one was around um, when I was young, but I just don't remember reading it. I did read two novels last night. I may get to two novels tonight, but this book is a little larger than what the other two were. Um, the two I read last night, you could fit into The Rats of Nim. So, The Rats of Nim, it's 233 pages, and the print... It's not super, super big. There are some pictures in here, but um, I'm really thinking it's probably just going to take me this evening for it. Um, but I will tell you last night, if you follow me on social media, you guys already know what I read last night. I think it's really important that we engage with people and let people know what we're reading. One, it's a great talking point that you can have with other readers. They may never read one of your books, and that's okay. 
you're out there just talking about books you love, books you're experiencing, books you had to drop, books you couldn't put down. You know, whatever it is about these books, you have an entry point in discussing your genre. So I'm holding the two books. Um, actually, I have these three books on my bed um, since last night. So I'm sitting here holding these books. And I want to start with Kate's book because you guys know Kate DiCamillo is my favorite author. I told you guys on the podcast, if you listened to that podcast, you understood. If you watched the video, you saw me hold up like a stack of books that I still had to work through. And Kate looked at me and she was like, are you reading them all? I'm like, I'm reading everything you've ever written. Like, how can I say that Kate DiCamillo is my favorite author and I don't read them all? Like, my niece... Stephen King is her favorite author, as she has a bookshelf just dedicated to every single Stephen King book. That is a fan. That is a love of the work. My husband has every single copy of Vince Flynn's novels. That is his favorite author. I'm sorry that um, He's no longer able to experience that world. This author passed away. My husband loves it. He can tell you the order of the books. He can t- I mean, he loved Aragon series. But as far as adult reads, the Vince Flynn series, my husband loves them. He's got every one of them. So I feel like I need to continue in Kate's world. Why not? I found like... A heartbeat there. I found a renewed passion for writing children's lit, and I felt like God put a stamp. It's almost like He put a soul stamp on me and a covering on me that when I could escape into the worlds of Beverly, you know, just in Louisiana, and here I am reading the Tale of Despero, and I'm just, just there's this joy. It's kind of like the joy that I feel when I'm in pajamas. The joy that I feel when I'm snuggled up to my child and we're reading Harry Potter. We're about to go and I bought book four. So we actually have book four together. We're experiencing this again. And I just can't tell you guys the love that I have for books. But there's something about children's literature in middle grades that just resonates with me. It's like I'm home. I find myself feeling like I'm home. It's like, and so when I'm away from children's lit, when I was, so when I step away from Kate's world and I'm, you know, out and I'm talking with adults and and they're talking about their books that they're currently reading and I'm proud of them for their goals and their reading habits and behaviors and their genre of interest. I start getting really nostalgic. Like I think going thinking back and I'm like, I want to hold those books in my hand. I I need my books. So when I knew I was coming for this week, I packed books. And of course, they were all the children's lit books that I want to investigate and experience. Ones that I missed growing up or just ones that are on the list to read. The classics. I love classics. So I got to tell you guys, if you've never read the Tiger Rising from Katie Camillo. I was a National Book Award finalist. You really need to get this book. 
you know I'm going to champion her work anyway, but I'm going to let you know, when I started reading the book, it is so short, guys, like, the, it's 30 chapters, I'm going through it right now, it would take you no time, I read it in 45 minutes, I could not put the book down, um, I was texting my son at the end of the book going, what do you remember about the tiger rising? Because he read it independent when he was young. And he said, Mama, I just can tell you right now, it's a really good book. And I'm like, I can't believe, you know, this happened. I'm not going to spoil it in case you haven't read it. But he was like, yes, and such and such and such and such. And he could, re so once I started and, and did this initial conversation with him about the characters, he could fill in all of the rest. And the memory started flooding back and he could tell me about the book and the characters and how it made him feel. And I'm like, power guys he's 17 now and he probably read this when he was in second and third grade power in children's literature um to really just make impressions and her books matter so much and when i'm reading her books and i'm reading about a child okay i'm not gonna tell you i'm not spoiling it but when i'm reading about this young boy named rob and he has this suitcase filled with thoughts and he closes that suitcase if you guys knew that in my brain i have this box and i visualize this box and i visualize you know certain memories and things that are very painful and hurtful to for me to think about and process and things that are in my life right now that are very very hard I do this thing, he had a, Rob had a suitcase, whereas my suitcase is like a box, and I put it all in the box, I wrap it up in a bow, and then I like, it's, it's closed up, and that bow, it's a beautiful bow, um, so the outward appearance is, it's beautiful, it's a beautiful box, but all in the inside are all of those things that I, I just can't touch right now, and so, I process this thinking. I've been doing that for years. I made a YouTube video about it years ago before the tiger rising in my hand last night. And so even as an adult reader, reading this stuff, it can really put you in like an, oh, I get that. I really get that. And I really like how that was expressed. And I really like how that was explained. And just the use of the words. And oh my gosh, I love this character. And I love that he's whittling. And I love that he's, you know, and, and her and her fully dressed. And I just, I can keep going for Sistine. Just love her name and the meanings. You guys know I'm all about that life too. Um, and so when I finished KD Camillo, I moved to Island of the Blue Dolphins. It is also another Newberry. It was written in 1960 by Scott O'Dell, and I've never read it. It's a 5.5 reading level book based on the Lexile. When I got to the end of the book, there is an author's note, and that's what I call them at the end of mine. If a few or someone that you know is struggling right now and needs help, uh, I list the suicide prevention numbers and NAMI and everything in the back of every one of the books that I publish. Um, not my picture books for children, but all my novels have that. So when I got to the author's note, 
I recognized that this was loosely based on a true story. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So now I'm able to talk about that kind of work with other people. Now, did this remind me a lot of how I felt when I was watching Castaway with Tom Hanks? I will let you decide how you think I felt about Island of the Blue Dolphins. It was, I, I would not give it five stars on my Goodreads. I gave it four stars. Um, and it was because of a lot of the repetitive and, and the, the skipping of the years. And, um, and I understand the feeling that you had to have for her. I mean, you needed to feel that. So I did have that piece there. However, um, I didn't drop the book. Um, when I started reading it, I, I gave that commitment that I was going to go all the way through. I'm going to try my best to do that. Now, if it's an adult read, then I'm trying to read something, and either it's got, like, if it's erotica or it's got certain scenes in it or anything, I'm going to drop it. However, if it's like a children's book, it's like... Okay, I really want to see. I want to see how this is going to tie in together. And I really like that tie-in in the ends. Like, and then that author's note pushing me right into the heart of it. Um, and kind of making some of those pieces come together a little bit more for me. So, I did stick with it. However, if I had to look at the books, it's like there's just two different books. It's not like I can compare Katie Camillo with him. It's just I can't do that. But I'm glad I read it. I needed that. So many people love the Island of the Blue Dolphins. You hear that so much from like people on Twitter, people on list, people that I talk with out in the community. They're they're you know, have you read oh one of my favorite books, one of my favorite books, and it's the Island of the Blue Dolphins. And so I needed to have that experience. Doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with every, you know, piece of everybody's puzzle that they bring to reading, but having that shared experience is powerful. It's awesome. So today, when I said I was going to be reading Mrs. Frisbee, two people at my table did the whole awe. One lady said it was my favorite book. I had rats as little pets. They were like these little plastic rats, and we used to play with them while other people were playing on the monkey bars in the school. Um, in the school playground, I was in the corner, this was the librarian talking, doing my nurturing thing with these rat toys. And then one of the the teachers said that her children are, are grown, she has grandchildren, and they still reference Timmy being sick from the Rats of Nim. And she said, this will stay with us forever. We, we read the book so much when they were children. And we watched the movies, and but we kept reading the book. And I'm like, okay. So it's, it's a way that you can really talk with people just about what you love. And I know you're out there loving reading. So find that passion again. If you've kind of went away from books, I'm going to challenge you to read and really read in your genre. And I know that people will kind of disagree with me on a little of this, a little bit of this, and they may say, "Well, there is a benefit of of reading wide." And yes, I agree that that if you can handle all of that. However, if you're in a time crunch and you can only spend a certain amount of your time devoted to reading, while you're writing in your genre, while you're promoting, while you're marketing. Why you need to know comparable titles. You need to know what's out there for your target audience 
but you also need to be able to speak the language of your genre for your bookshelf. And so I want you to really think of your life like a bookstore and organize your life. And where are you currently working? So if you're working for poetry right now and you're solely writing a poetry collection, you need to be at that library and the poetry section on the floor reading, pulling books off the shelf, reading, reading, snapshotting, checking it out, researching, buying, you know, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, you need to be on the, the look insides, you know, you know, how you get the sample pages, just start flipping through the sample pages. You need to know what's out there in the bestsellers list and the most talked and loved books. And so I am going to tell you, narrowing down your focus when you have a time constraint is very, very beneficial for your career. It's just really good for your soul, too. Because if that is where your focused energy is, and you see these great models out there, it can elevate your writing. But I don't need my writing to be elevated, necessarily, in the way a literary piece would be developed for an adult reader. And if I'm only staying in that adult world, and you know, one of my favorite books of the year is Steve Martin's book. And so if I'm reading autobiographies all the time, and I'm reading Mr. Rogers, and, and I'm doing all of that, that's great. I can read wide because I'm also interested in those kind of autobiographies and things like that. But, I'm going to say, but, if I'm in this to win this, and I'm in this to write, I need to be in my genre. So, therefore, you've seen it. You've heard me talk about book studies. I'm reading book study for Roald Dahl. So, you see I'm multiple reading. And so, people, so when you read my bio, sometimes, like, I'll write, she might be reading more than one book. That is not a lie. <laughs> that is very common because I actually got the magic of being at school. I'm actually reading that. It's a middle grades book um, printed by Scholastic. One of my students is having me to read that, and I'm slowly going through it wanting to read it in front of her so that way I can stop and lean in. She's a nonverbal student during this classroom period. She only speaks before and after class. And so this book has given me a way to bridge between us. And I don't want to just take it home. I could read it in no time, probably 45 to a minute to an hour. It's not long at all. Print's really big. I could knock it out the park easy. But I'm doing it for the social emotional building and I'm enjoying the read while I'm at school. So, you know, I am multiple reading. I can tell you um, it doesn't hurt my brain. It actually challenges me. And I'm getting a lot accomplished. Just to know that I'm almost about to hit my 70 books for the year. It's very promising that I'm going to do that. Um, I'm looking ahead of time. That's why it's important whether you do your Goodreads challenge list or if you're like me and you need the visuals. I have a Pinterest board. I really think I just didn't do it justice this year, though. There were times when I was doing read-alouds and I did not include the read-alouds. So I do feel bad that I skipped over that a little bit. But um, And yes, I get to count my own books on my Pinterest reads because I did read them again and I listened to audiobooks again so I know that I you might think that's cheating a little bit but I'm counting it 
but I will probably go over 70, um, maybe, I won't, I won't say probably, that sounds like it's, like it's a set thing, but I'm getting really close, so, um, I'm really excited about just what the Lord is doing with the audiobooks, with my reading time, how I'm developing as an author, um, the confidence that I'm getting to being able to talk more about this life out in public with strangers. The podcast has really helped with that. My friends have helped me with that. But I really believe it's the Holy Spirit helps me with that ultimately. And so I'm just very grateful. So, guys, i got to get off of here. I can talk to you guys forever. And you're like, oh, my gosh, Jennifer, why can't you just do a 10-minute podcast and get off? Well, I ramble. And it's a great way for me to just connect with you guys and talk and just kind of summarize my day and my thoughts and get it all out there. And I'm ready to read now. I'm ready to go read Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. If you have a children's lit book that you really want me to read, send me an email, jenlowrywrites at gmail.com. Jump on my Twitter. I've got a feed going on right now um, asking what are people reading right now. And I put a picture of the books that I'm reading on Instagram, Twitter, and my Facebook author page. So you can find me at jenlowrywrites. And you can get under there and you can comment and you can tell me. You don't have to just email me. While you're on Twitter, go find me. And then you could say, hey, you know, listen to your podcast. I'm listening and I'm reading this or I remember this when I was a child and you definitely are. I was in middle grades. You really need to read this book. I would love the suggestions because I have a notes section on my phone that is specifically designed to capture book titles and book and authors. So like my librarians have given me a list now. And so I would love to hear from you. So I hope you guys have a blessed one. I'll be talking to you guys soon. And um, have a good night. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.